Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Wolves. This is the post-game podcast from yet another exciting Timberwolves comeback win over a really good playoff team, and this time on the road. We're going to break down the Wolves' win over the Miami Heat Ants' stellar performance down the stretch. Rudy Gobert's amazing defense and uh, just the depth of the Wolves showing through. We'll break the whole game down here on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. For $20 off your first purchase. Happy Tuesday, everybody. And it is a very happy Victory Tuesday. Another exciting Timberwolves win Monday night. And I like, um, it, it was almost kind of rinse and repeat from the last win, right? Um, fall down big, fall down big early on the road and uh, to a good team. Uh, you know, in this case, a full strength good team. And then you come back and win down the stretch. There's so much to get to in this game. And the Wolves stars played like stars. But I want to talk a lot about the depth, too. Um, just a packed show today because, I, like, this stretch of Wolves basketball, and, and I mean, by that I mean, I guess the last two months, really, right, has just been so unbelievable for someone who's followed the Wolves now for, um, you know, the vast majority of their existence. I, I mean, I don't really know how what else to say to start the show today, right? Like it's um it just keeps happening. And this is a game the Wolves were actually underdogs in this game by a couple points over at FanDuel at Miami, a full strength Miami team getting Tyler Hero back, um getting Bam Adebayo back after extended absences for each and Jimmy Butler playing and McDaniel's and Ant questionable. Um I, like I didn't really think the Wolves were going to win this game. And certainly not when they got down 17, but I think we just have to start accepting the fact that you know Four times out of five, the Wolves are going to be in the game and have a real shot to win, uh, if not more often. And, and to this point in the season, they've literally literally won four out of every five games. They're 20 and five through the first 25 games of the season. All right, lots to get to. A big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find this show. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app, which you can download on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter. My account is at bbeacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. You can also follow the show account at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right. Uh, did I say wow yet? I mean, like put this thing up there, put this up there in terms of wins this season, along with the Boston overtime win, that Thunder win after Ant got hurt, the Wolves come back, uh, not come back, they, they, you know, hold serve throughout the end of the game and beat a really good Thunder team. The Denver win very early in the season. The Knicks win after the five game road trip, um, coming back and winning at home against a, a solid Knicks. Like those are the, the four that come to mind at the top of my head. Most impressive wins, and of course, there's been a few others sprinkled throughout. Um, just in terms of some of the the dominance the Wolves have displayed, and also some of these good teams missing good players, right? Like there's been plenty of those games too that the Wolves have won. You know, they beat Miami without Jimmy Butler. They beat. Uh, the Pacers without Halbert in the other night. Um, they beat a, that Mavs win was impressive last week too. Uh, like that could fit on that list too. This is right up there. I mean, the Wolves, like in terms of how this game unfolded, the Wolves gave up 66 points in the first half. 
to Miami. And, and Miami's a good offensive team. They're top half of the league in terms of offensive efficiency. They are number one in terms of three-point percentage, by the way. And, of course, getting Tyler Hero back, this is only the ninth game he's played all season. He's missed like a month with an ankle sprain, and Bam Adebayo had missed the last uh, 10 days or so. Um, this is only the 17th game he's played in this season. So both of those guys coming back, and clearly... Whereas, like, you look at the the Saturday Halliburton uh, Pacers game when Halliburton sat, you know, the the weird rest, you know, lack of rest, will, or Pacers, excuse me, playing Friday night in D.C., flying, never going to the hotel, going, you know, flying the next day. Halliburton ends up sitting out, and, and obviously he still got banged up Friday night. So, like, in, in before the travel stuff, they'd said he may not play. But we're starting to see teams kind of err on the side of, like, yeah, we're probably not going to win, especially in Minnesota, right? We're probably not going to beat this team. You know, let's sit this guy. Whereas in past years, it was, hey, we're going to beat the Wolves without our best players. Let's sit him. Now on the road, the Heat were like, hey, let's gear up. Like, let's let's beat this team on our home floor. Full strength. Bam's back. Hero's back. Let's do it. And sure enough, they dropped 66 in the first half. Miami goes up. Um, I mean, what was the score? The Wolves were down, uh, down 12 at halftime. This was a 17-point lead at one point in the second quarter. Minnesota kind of started to push back. They finally got some offensive flow in the second quarter, uh, something I'll get back to later. The Wolves actually added, there was a bit more structure as the game went on for the Wolves offensively, which, you know, first quarter ends up being a little bit more playground style, and then occasionally in the fourth quarter, the Wolves have some of that going on too. But in this game, it it became a little more structured in the second quarter. The Wolves started making open shots. Um, and weirdly enough, after they had guys in foul trouble, like Carl Anthony Towns got into some foul trouble, I guess it was more late in the first half. Jade McDaniels had been in foul trouble prior to that already. Um, it was those bench guys again that really kind of got things going for the Wolves. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Nas Reed, those guys were so, so good in the second quarter of this game. Once again, and this is like the second or third straight game I've said that. I mean, you probably say that in two-thirds, three-quarters of the Wolves games to this point this season. Um, but the Wolves' depth really shone through. And we'll talk more about that here next segment when I get into some of the key takeaways. But that was the first time when it was really obvious was the second quarter. And uh, just strong stints from everybody off the Wolves' bench kind of covering for the guys that were in foul trouble, which again was was Cat and McDaniels. By the way, Cat had three fouls in the first half, didn't commit a single foul in the second half. Um, unless I have, I'm almost 100% confident that that's what happened. I think he had three right before halftime, didn't commit another one in the entire second half of this game. And he was, I thought Towns was good on both ends, by the way. It's not like he was, you know, playing scared by any stretch. Um, so second quarter, big bench play to get the Wolves, you know, to at least kind of stem the tide and get the Wolves to within 12 at halftime. The Wolves did their thing in the third quarter. Offensively, they didn't quite come to the party. There was a bit, you know, a bit too much of a back and forth late in the third where the Wolves could have actually really eaten into the lead. They did. They were only down six going to the fourth. But it easily could have been a, I think it was down to four points a couple of different times. The Wolves could have gotten it even closer. But it was six points going to the fourth. And then the fourth quarter, like, and you could include the third quarter. The fourth quarter was like the best stretch of basketball we've seen this season in a Wolves game, like for both teams. Like it was just heavyweight, a heavyweight bout. These these teams were just throwing punches, and it wasn't like it was just a track meet with no defense. Both teams were locked in and playing strong defensively. It was just elite shot making from both teams. It wasn't sloppy offense. It wasn't haphazard defense. It was just good basketball. Two playoff teams, two teams that surely should get to the second round or further in this year's playoffs. That's what this was. Like, full-strength teams, everybody basically except for Kyle Lowry, like, played in this game 
um, just haymakers. And there were a couple of sequences that were just so much fun, but really the whole quarter, and you could even include some of the third quarter. Um, like late in this game, it was Rudy Gobert. Number one stands out to me with the way he completely shut down the paint. The Wolves gave up way too many paint points in the first half. They were like, I don't know, like 30 points or something in the paint. Remember, they gave up 70 in the paint against the Pacers on Saturday. We're a minus 20 in paint points, but still ended up winning that game because they just shot the lights out from three and did a really good job otherwise against Indiana, forced them into some tough three-point shots, et cetera. They finished this game giving up uh, 54 paint points, but more than half of those were in the first half. The Wolves, by the way, had more ended up a plus two in paint points in this game. They were much better. Their centers were much better in the paint against Bam Adebayo, uh, nonetheless. So... Rudy Keen, the defense, and this is just another game. You could cut up almost every possession that he was on the floor and didn't necessarily record a stat, right? Like, I mean, how many shots did he block in this game? Rudy only blocked two shots, which is fine, right? But he altered how many more? And this isn't just like, you know, we've thrown this out there for, everybody throws this out there for centers, like, oh, he altered some shots. But like, not just altering shots, but like guys not even taking shots because Rudy Gobert is in the same area code. Like, he's not just altering shots, he's deterring top-level athletes and really good NBA players from even attempting a shot within 10, 12 feet of the bucket because he's there. And Bam Adebayo was amazing and launched a few shots himself where he just kind of like, they were like lollipop jumpers over the top of Rudy, and he made a bunch of them. He ended up 10 to 22, 22 points on 22 shots, like not ultra-efficient, um, but like Bam played really well, especially early in the game. In second half, Rudy forced him into. There were a couple of those that touched every part of the rim and fell through. There were several others that fell off because that's what all Rudy was allowing him to do. And there was a straight. Well, I want to get into kind of late in the game in the fourth quarter. Then we'll get into key takeaways. There's just so much to talk about with this game. I'm probably going to spill some of it over into Wednesday's show. I'm just so hyped about everything about this performance. Um, and just there's so much to unpack. So I want to get into some of the fourth quarter stuff, a couple key takeaways. We will do individual studs and duds here at the end, and that's how we'll spend the rest of the show here today. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every Every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And actually, none of these guys are players the Wolves are about to play. But here after the first of the year, the Wolves will actually get to face the Houston Rockets for the first time. I think it's like January 5th. And uh, as of right now, Tari Eason, still coming off the bench for Houston, um, is going to have plenty of opportunity. Ime Odoka, their head coach, has found minutes for him. He's a strong fantasy value permanent option. It becomes useful to everyone as these minutes tick upwards. He may play a lot here in the coming weeks for the Houston Rockets. Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. Uh, my first car was a Mercury Tracer. I was like a 95 Mercury Tracer. So I guess, I guess dating myself, I don't know. Um, and uh, it, it was amazing. Like, I loved it. It was my first car. If eBay Motors had been around then, I would have kept it running for so much longer as it was. I probably didn't treat it the way that I could have, as many of us probably was the case with our first car, depending on what it was. Um, but eBay Motors would have been the best thing to have at the time. eBay Motors is fantastic to keep your car running or maybe get you a cool upgrade that you really want for your vehicle with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right. Uh, where do we leave off here? I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm at an 11 right now about this game. This was, uh, this was... This was unbelievable. Um, fourth quarter. So fourth quarter Wolves offense down six going to the fourth quarter. They end up scoring 35 in the in the period. And this was like the perfect mix of set plays, actual ball movement, swinging the ball from one side of the floor to the other. Um, you know, uh, looking for cutters, um, finding open shooters, driving and kicking, like all the stuff you want to see out of a modern NBA offense. It was the right mix of that. And then late, like, there's always some ISO play late in games, right? Like, that's always a big deal in the playoffs. Like, it's just, when the game slows down, you got to have guys that can score when stuff breaks down or things don't go according to plan or you have to take the ball to the basket or after made free throw, whatever. And both Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards had moments where they simply just scored because they had to and they could. Um, Cat had, in particular, there was... Um, there was... Well, there was the step back over Jimmy Butler, which was a ton of fun. That was... Uh, like Wolves were up one at the time and Cat kind of shouldered Butler, but he didn't push off with his, it didn't extend his arm at all. So they're not going to call that with two minutes left in the game. Hits a, you know, mid range, I don't know, 15 footer or so from the left baseline over Jimmy Butler. There was also a straight line drive that he had just a little bit before that. Um, I'm trying to see if I could find the, the, the timestamp, if you will, um, kind of middle fourth quarter um, when. Carlton Towns, a straight line drive, hit a tough layup in the paint because he because he could. Right. There was the Anthony Edwards bucket, which was just unbelievable. And I said this, um, I think I said it. Did I say it in the opener? I maybe said it in the in the lockdown now video. I did the short over at YouTube right after the game. Uh, I mean, Ant hit that that turnaround um, from the right side of the floor. And it was. It was Jordan-esque. Like, I, I'm sorry. I, no, I'm not sorry. I'm not going to apologize. It, it legitimately was. Like, nobody's doing that. Nobody's going left shoulder turn, turnaround jumper, banking it from, you know, 15, 14 feet, whatever it was. Nobody's doing that. Like, that's Jordan. That's Kobe. Like, um, you know, Kevin Garnett was usually a right shoulder turn guy, but he could make that. Like, there's a very short list of guys in history that do that. And make it, and, and he makes this, by the way, this wasn't like a, you know, it doesn't shoot that shot all the time and miss it most of the time and just may, happen to make it here. Like he doesn't shoot that shot that often, but when he does, it goes in a, a fair amount, right? Like that's not, that wasn't fluky. If you watch the Timberwolves all the time, you know, Ant tries to bank in. There was one he shot in the first half that was a weird angle. It was like a, probably a 20 footer that he tried to bank from the left side of the floor in the first half. And I said out loud, like that, that was a weird shot to try and bank in. Ant loves going glass. He does it all the time. This was this was by design, just an absolute Jordan-esque shot. And I think Jim Peterson said it on the broadcast too on Bally Sports North. It was. And that's not slanderous. Like that's what that was. It was unreal. And that sort of shot making, plus the majority of the offense in the fourth quarter, which was ball movement, it was spacing, it was cutting, it was big shots for Mike Conley, it was big shots from Nikhil Alexander Walker. It was offensive rebounds from Cat, the lob to Rudy. Um, you know, Cat was lucky he didn't get called for a hook there after that. And, and um, you know, and I don't know that he was, 
I think he was passing it. He might have been shooting it. Either way, it didn't matter. It counted just the same. Um, like, everything about that fourth quarter for the Wolves, offensively especially, was so phenomenal. Um, it was the absolute right mix of all of the things I already mentioned um, on the offensive side of the floor. I also want to shout out, we'll talk about him in studs and duds, but real quick, Nikhil Alexander-Walker in this game was so, so good. Um, and he came off the bench. He only played 22 minutes uh, because Jane McDaniels was healthy and, and he ultimately fouled out. And that's why he was on, Alexander Walker was on the floor at the close of the game. But when McDaniels was on the floor or off the floor with the four personals, first part of the fourth quarter, especially as the Wolves were kind of trying to get, you know, get over the hump here and go from, you know, six, eight point deficit to, to taking the lead. Alexander Walker was phenomenal. He hit two threes in this game, two of four from outside the arc. They were both sidestep threes where he took a, an essentially an escape dribble, stepped to the side. One was from the left slot. The other was from the right corner. And they were both in the second half. They were both big shots um, as a playmaker. He had three assists in this game. Just smart plays as a defender. Awesome defensively. Very good down the stretch after McDaniels fouled out. Um, if you didn't watch this game, you'd be like, oh, eight and three. All right. Shot two of five. Must have had a, you know, he contributed, right? More than that. Like I said, I'm going to mention him in studs and duds. Like, I think he's got to get one of the studs in this game. I know the line isn't like, it's not a sexy box score line, but he was awesome. Um, and by the way, like, I didn't even know this before I, I had in my notes. I wanted to talk about him. I'm looking at the box score right now. He was a plus 13 in this game. He was a plus 13. Nobody else on the Wolves was greater than a plus six. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker was a plus 13. Single player, individual game, plus minus is 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 very fickle, and I don't like it. But when he's seven points better than everyone else and is a plus 13 in a game that finished with a four-point margin, he did something right. And in this game, he did a lot of stuff right. Nikhil Alexander-Walker was fantastic in this game. So he gets that extra shout-out here uh, as part of my key takeaways. Some other takeaways, I, I mentioned this off the top, and this is related to Nah, to Alexander-Walker. The depth of this team combined with the star power, is unreal. The fact that you can have Cat and McDaniels out with foul trouble and bring in Nas Reed, who I'm barely going to talk about it. He had 15 points in this game. He missed some threes that he normally makes, but played really well. When the Wolves needed points in both the second and third quarters with Cat on the bench, Nas had at least three of his five buckets were straight line drives where he just beat somebody off the dribble because usually the guys guarding Nas just aren't as quick as he is. It's the same thing with Carl. Thede. It's the same thing we see with Carl Anthony Towns. And Nas has an athleticism edge on Cat for sure. Um, I don't know wingspan wise. I could look it up. I'm guessing Cat's a little bigger, but Nas has that burst even more so than Cat does. And he's got that touch around the rim. And and guys like somehow still aren't expecting it. Like the Mavs tried to guard him with Luca the other night. Like that wasn't going to work. Um, and Nas was such a big part of this. This is the Wolves' depth showing through. Troy Brown only played five minutes in this game. Shake Milton, Jordan McLaughlin, these guys aren't part of the rotation anymore. They would be for like, what, 27 NBA teams, something like that? Like, I I mean, Troy Brown only played five minutes. So the Wolves had had eight guys play 21 or more minutes in this game. Every starter played at least 30 minutes. And McDaniels was the low man among the starters with 30 minutes played because he fouled out in this game. So um, the Wolves depth just, and then obviously that the high-end star power Ants, you know, we'll talk about his line. We'll talk about Cat a little bit more. We'll talk about Rudy. Like, these guys all contributed as you'd expect them to. The stars were stars in this game. Um, I mentioned this in passing in the first segment. Structure is a good thing with the Wolves offense. Chris Finch talked when the offense struggled a bunch early in the season about needing a little bit more structure. This game's another example of that. There wasn't much of it early, 
as they started to run some more set plays, some more horn sets, some more things to actually get them into some actions, the offense snowballed in a good way from there, right? Like like the snowball got rolling down the hill and and the Wolves started scoring in bunches at, at you know, in stretches of this game, had 35 points in the fourth quarter alone. Um, which, are, by the way, I was about to say free throws. That reminded me, I forgot to mention this with Nah. He had a couple big free throws late in this game too, when the Wolves had to go back up by two possessions when the Heat were playing the foul game. Big free throws from Alexander Walker late. But offensive structure, um, when the Wolves get playground, like they they can make it work simply because if Ant's on a heater, like he's not going to miss anyway, and and Cat can get to the line, and you know Nas is nuts. Like these guys can still score. But it's not a recipe for consistent success. It's nice to go there if you. It's nice to be able to go there if you need to, but they need a bit more offensive structure in general. And and you know we saw that middle stages of this game at times in the fourth quarter. It was it was really good. Last thing, and I don't want to spend a lot of time here because uh, I'm not the Wolves are twenty and five, right? Uh, but I'll be that guy, like only for a moment though, because because I hate that guy. But I'm going to be that guy. Um, why not do this earlier, right? Like the Wolves at some point need to get locked in early. They're not going to be able to have the energy, uh, the stamina to do this every night to make this comeback like the Wolves did, you know, against uh, Indiana, the, the way the Wolves did it against Dallas. And like, I lose track of all the games they did it in, but like, just get a lead and hold on. Um, now, the schedule upcoming is not going to be conducive to that. Like at Philly Wednesday, then back to back home for the Lakers Thursday. Like, come on, they're, they're, I'm not saying they're, they should get up 17 early against these teams. I mean, it'd be great if they did, but this is a tough stretch to, to ask the Wolves to do that in. But in general, if they could just not get down by that much, I'm not saying they, they should flip the script and get up by that much every night. Just play a close game and then maybe pull away, which is often what we see them doing against inferior teams. But against some of these other playoff teams like Dallas, Indiana, Miami, they're falling behind early, having to expend all this energy to come back. In Dallas's case, it happened much quicker, but the Pacers game, the Heat game was later. Um, like, I don't know, like maybe just do what you do late in the game. And, and Rudy, I think, said this post game. He said something about, you know, we can hang our hat on our defense. He didn't say these words, but he basically said we can count on our defense when we need to. Um, and we could go right back there and, and get to where we need to be. We just got to do it earlier in games, right? Like that's And that's the biggest thing for the Wolves right now uh, because clearly they can win these close games. They have the confidence to do it at home on the road regardless of who's on the floor for the opponent. Um, but but like, hey, let's, let's not fall down by 15, 17 points like the last couple of times out. Um, let's not do that consistently moving forward. All right, uh, let's close with individual studs and duds. We'll put a bow on this. We'll take a quick peek at what's up next on the schedule for the Wolves. We'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at GameTime. You should not have to worry about where you're buying tickets to your next big event. GameTime is the absolute best place to find tickets. They're the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Plus, their all-in prices show you your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees, and you can buy your tickets in seconds with two taps. Plus, with zone deals, you can pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKDOWNNBA. That's L O C K E D O N. 
NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, uh, quick before we get to individual studs and duds, I'm throwing up, if you're watching on YouTube, the stats from this game. Um, the Timberwolves, like, across the board, were very equal. This is a very equal game, right? The Wolves committed one more foul. They were plus five in the rebound category. They were a plus two in the turnover category, meaning they committed two less turnovers than Miami. Each team made 11 three-pointers. Wolves 11 of 29, Miami 11 of 30. The Wolves just simply shot from the field a little bit better. They had a slight edge in terms of points in the paint. Um, each team got to the line. You know, Miami was 15 of 18th line. The Wolves were 17 of 19, so a slight advantage there. That was mostly because of end-of-game fouling from Miami to try and catch up late. So pretty even night. Um, and Miami's a really good defensive rebounding team. They came into the game, um, according to basketball reference, third in defensive rebound rate. And the Wolves still managed to log... 12 offensive rebounds in this game, four for Cat, three for Rudy, and three for Jaden McDaniels. So a strong night on the glass for the Wolves, and that's one of those that if you're a regular listener or viewer of the show, I talk about that all the time because the Wolves have been so bad on the glass, especially in the defensive glass for years now, um, and they you know, they came to play on the defensive glass or on both ends of the floor on the glass in this game. So that was really good to see. Um, let's see, second half, oh, one more note, I saw that John Krasinski posted this on X, uh, and, and I'm just going to read, you know, obviously credit John, I'm going to read his tweet, regarding the Wolves' defense. I just finished talking about their defense in the second half. I just saw this post from John. He said, the Wolves in the second half allowed 42 points total, which, by the way, I mentioned this, 17 in the second quarter. I don't think I said this earlier. Miami didn't make a field goal in the fourth quarter of this game until the 8-11 mark. So basically four minutes into the fourth quarter before Miami made a shot from the field. Overall in the second half, John says 42 points allowed, Miami shot 36% from the field, 35% from three, 66 from the free throw line. The Wolves forced six turnovers, had five blocks and four steals. Butler in the second half of this game, three points on one of five shooting and Tyler Hero just eight points. And Hero killed the Wolves in the first half of this game. Hero finished with 25 points on 18 shots. He only had eight points in the second half. So he had 17 in the first half, eight in the second. And Butler finished with 15 points on 12 shots. He had three points on five shots in the second half. Um, so outstanding again, outstanding second half defense for Minnesota, as we already talked about. All right. Individual studs and duds. Obviously, Anthony Edwards, we talked about his Jordan-esque shot. I'm just going to keep saying it because that's what it was. 32 points, 13 of 25 shooting. He was, uh, better than 50% from the field, but he was two of nine on three pointers in this game. And they were both cold blooded, by the way, the threes that he made, but he missed seven of them. So, I mean, what does that mean? He was 11 of... 11 of 16 on two-point shots. That's incredible. He only attempted four free throws, which is a joke. Uh, and I'll say it this time. I didn't think I didn't think he deserved more free throws last game. He should have more free throw attempts in this game. And, and it was pretty equal both ways. Like nobody on Miami, like nobody on the Wolves shot more than four free throws. Butler had six for Miami. Nobody else had more than four. Like it was the refs. I think overall the officiating was fine at some point. At some point when Anthony Edwards shoots 16 two-point shots, he's got to get more than four free throw attempts. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, it's it's the curse. It's almost like the Shaq version of a, of a guard where he's so big that people bounce off him. And uh, like, I just don't, I, I don't get why he's not getting more free throw attempts. Uh, you know, the free throw rate's up for him this year and especially earlier in the season, it, it certainly was up. But lately, I feel like he's just not getting to the line as much. So something to keep an eye on, but ultra efficient from the mid-range, ultra efficient from the paint in this game. Uh, but he had a bunch of dunks and layups too. He had a couple nice dunks in transition. I didn't even talk about the sequence, but the uh, the ant dunk off the beautiful pass. He had, he had the backdoor cut, or really it was a dribble handoff, and ant went baseline 
Cat dumped it off to Ant. Perfect pass. Ant dunks it over a couple of Heat players. The other end, Rudy gets a block. I think a left-handed block on Bam Adebayo. Just spikes the ball. Ant grabs it. Aggressive play by Ant. Really good job getting the loose ball. 50-50 ball. Streaks down the court. Gets another dunk. It was Ant duck on a pretty cat pass. Rudy block. Ant dunk in the, on the fast break. A fantastic sequence. It was great in this game. He also had eight rebounds, five assists, three steals, only one single solitary turnover in 40 minutes for Anthony Edwards. The dude attempted 25 shots and had five assists in this game. Massive usage rate. One single turnover for Anthony Edwards and shot better than 50% from the field. It doesn't get any better. He was phenomenal in this game. Um, I'm also going to give one to Cat. Like 18 and eight, not not the most eye-popping line, uh, but he was good. Seven of 14 shooting. One of four on threes, three of three at the line, eight rebounds, two assists, contributed defensively. Um, I thought, you know, that pass to Ant at a big, actually his two assists were that pass to Ant in the fourth quarter, mid-fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, that lob pass to Rudy. He had two assists in the game. They were both late in the fourth quarter. Cat played awesome down the stretch, and that's why he gets a stud here. He was actually the Wolves' only one of, one of only two Wolves players that had a negative plus minus. I don't care. He was good in this game. Um, I'm going to give one to Rudy. I'm going to give four today. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to give one to Rudy. Nine points, three of eight shooting, 16 boards. Phenomenal, phenomenal defense. Two assists, two steals, two blocks, only one turnover for Rudy Gobert. Uh, not super involved early. His glass work was huge, and his defense in the second half, we talked about already, phenomenal. Um, Nas was good. We talked about him, but I got to give a fourth stud to Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I know the line doesn't pop off the page. I already talked a bunch about him last segment, so not much more to say other than big shots, Big passes, big defensive plays, all when the Wolves needed it most. Just a very strong role player game. Like it's it's top line grade A role player play uh, is what we saw in this game from Nikhil Alexander Walker. Fantastic. Jaden McDaniels was good, other than the foul trouble. By the way, ten and five for Jaden, five of ten shooting. Didn't attempt a single three pointer. Was very aggressive early when the Heat were kind of you know daring him to shoot. And teams do that, right? Like you look at the five the Wolves have on the floor. They're obviously protecting the paint and the rim with Rudy and Lobs. You're trying to stop Cat and Ant, and you don't want Conley to shoot open threes. Um, McDaniels is the guy teams are going to dare to beat them, and he's been happy to shoot the ball and has done a pretty good job. He also had three blocks in this game in 30 minutes. He did foul out, but um, no duds. I mean, everybody played well. Troy Brown only played five minutes. He knocked out a three in those five minutes. I thought he was fine. Like, no duds in this game. Just a really strong all-around Timberwolves performance. Uh, <laughs> there's really nothing else to say. I've said a lot. I've said a lot. I feel like this performance was extremely impressive. The Wolves have Philly on Wednesday night. We'll preview that on Wednesday. We'll get into some cleaning the glass stuff and just how good the Wolves offense and defense has been against other strong offensive and defensive units to this point in the season. I don't care who's on the floor. If you're playing a team that has a good offensive unit or a good defensive unit, if somebody's missing, the rest of that team is still good enough, right? Like that team's not accidentally a top flight unit in a, in their respective you know category. So we'll talk about that Wednesday. Um, I also want to preview that Sixers matchup. And then Thursday night, the Wolves have the Lakers. So a back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday. Both those games are on NBA TV. Um, so anyway, we'll get into all that Wednesday. That's all we have for you today on the show. A big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, this show is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also watch on YouTube as well as the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, 
The Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.